Welcome back to Lasa's channel. My name is Anton Vjeltsen. I'm an attorney in the Southern District of California here in San Diego. And if you're wondering, I do take cases anywhere in California and Nevada. So if you have a specific question about your own case, give me a call or send me an email and I'll be happy to discuss it with you. And this week, let's focus on the Fourth Amendment. Now, you don't have to be a constitutional wizard to know that the Fourth Amendment protects against unreasonable searches and seizures. And generally speaking, officers need to have a warrant before they conduct a search. Now, what if they do get that warrant? Does that mean that all the evidence that they find automatically gets in and can be used against you in court? Well, the short answer is no. You can still challenge the validity of the warrant. And in this week's case, we're going to look at the situation where the officers go to this person's house, they go through the trash, and they find some drug residue. Now, using that evidence, they go to the judge and present their findings as probable cause that more drugs would be found inside the house. They obtain the warrant and they search the house. Now, the individual later challenges the warrant, saying that it was not valid because drug residue is not necessarily indicative that more drugs will be found inside the house. So let's discuss the case and find out whether the drug residue alone can provide probable cause for a warrant. And before we go on, I want to thank you for watching me on YouTube and hitting that subscribe button. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please give my podcast a five-star re-rating. And finally, if you want to support this channel, please consider going to lostash.com and check out some of my merch. Thanks for watching. Quick message from Lostash. Are you charged with a crime? Or do you want to know your rights if stopped by police? Watch California attorney Anton Vjeltsin discuss legal cases from the Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit, and California state courts on the Lostash YouTube page. Anton has handled hundreds of federal and state criminal cases, has an in-depth knowledge of the law, and has the best mustache ever. Subscribe to the Lostash YouTube page. That's L-A-W-S-T-A-C-H-E. Today we'll be discussing United States versus Abernathy, and it's a case that deals with the Fourth Amendment and search warrants. So we're going to focus on the search warrant and see whether it's valid. Now the facts of the case are pretty straightforward. Officers go to Mr. Abernathy's residence, they go through the trash bin that's left outside next to the curb, they sort through the trash, and they find some drug residue. Now, before we go on, you might be asking yourself, did they need to have a warrant to search the trash? Well, the quick answer is no. And you should go back and watch one of my videos, which is California versus Greenwood. That was the case from the Supreme Court that said that officers do not need to have a warrant in order to go through the trash that's left at the curb for pickup. So let's move on with this case. Officers go through the trash, they find a few pieces of evidence, and they put that in their affidavit in the application for the warrant. Now, in the affidavit, they write five things. Number one, that they found several marijuana roaches with marijuana residue. Number two, several plastic vacuum package heat sealed bags consistent to those used to package marijuana for resale, also with marijuana residue, and the marking T2 on the bag. Number three, there was a piece of mail addressed to the defendant with this particular resident's address. Number four, another piece of mail that's addressed to the defendant's girlfriend. 
And number five, fifth piece of mail that's addressed to the current resident at this residence. Now, something that didn't make it into the affidavit was the fact that Mr. Abernathy had a lengthy criminal history, including drug-related and weapon-related charges. So the judge didn't know that. He only used the piece of information about the drug residue to issue a warrant. Now, after the warrant was issued, the officers executed the warrant and they found more weapons, drugs, and large amounts of money in the residence. Now, Mr. Abernathy challenges the warrant and says that it was not valid because the drug residue, the marijuana residue, did not establish probable cause that more drugs would be found inside the house. So first, let's look at the legal principles and see whether the warrant was valid. The Constitution's Fourth Amendment provides that no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Probable cause is defined as reasonable grounds for belief, supported by less than prima facie proof, but more than mere suspicion. In assessing whether a warrant to search a residence passes muster under the Fourth Amendment, the critical element is that there is reasonable cause to believe that the specific things to be searched for and seized are located on the property to which entry is sought. To establish probable cause for a search, an affidavit must show a likelihood of two things. First, that the items sought are seizable by the virtue of being connected with criminal activity. But remember, the nexus between criminal activity and the item to be seized is automatic when the object of the search is contraband. So here, this first issue is not going to be a problem for the government. Because we have a case that deals with marijuana and drugs in general, the nexus with criminal activity will be automatic. So we'll be focusing only on the second part, that the items will be found in the place to be searched. That is the question. Does the residue of marijuana provide probable cause that more drugs will be found inside the residence. There are a couple other things that you need to know dealing with affidavits for search warrants. When determining whether an affidavit establishes probable cause, the courts look only to the four corners of the affidavit, information known to the officer but not conveyed to the magistrate is irrelevant. So of course here we have a situation where the officers knew that the defendant had a lengthy criminal history involving drugs and weapons, but didn't provide that information to the judge. The courts also do not consider recklessly and materially false statements in the affidavit that have been properly stricken during a Frank's hearing. The courts also do not consider stale information. Whether the information is stale depends on the inherent nature of the crime and turns on several factors, including number one, the character of the crime, number two, the criminal, number three, the things to be seized, and number four, the place to be searched. In the context of drug crimes, information goes stale very quickly because the drugs are usually sold and consumed in prompt fashion. Information is considered stale and unreliable 
if it is impossible to tell from the affidavit when the circumstances giving rise to the probable cause occurred. I know I just gave you a lot of information about search warrants and affidavits, and I would understand if you go back and re-listen to the last two or three minutes of this video to really get a full grasp on what's needed to be included in the affidavit before a search warrant is issued. Here Mr. Abernathy argues that the warrant was not supported by probable cause. Now remember the five things that the officers wrote in the affidavit they found in the trash pool? Well, out of those five things, three of them were pieces of mail that simply tied Mr. Abernathy to the trash and the residence. And the other two items can really be combined into one. We're talking about marijuana residue and whether that's enough to provide probable cause to search the entire house. Now, courts have previously established that the trash pool combined with other pieces of information would provide probable cause. For example, in one case, the court held that there was probable cause where the police observed defendants engaged in controlled drug buys and recovered drug items from the trash. So controlled buys plus the drug residue or drugs from the trash, enough probable cause. Another case, probable cause where informant named the defendant as the drug trafficker and the defendant had prior convictions and drug evidence was recovered from the trash. So again, criminal history, known drug trafficker, plus the trash pool equals probable cause. And finally, another case where the probable cause where the informant told the police that the house was the site of drug trafficking, police saw drug trafficking activity at the house, and police recovered drug evidence from the trash pool. So when we have the trash pool coupled with other pieces of information, that would provide probable cause. But what about the situation where we have the drug residue alone? Would that provide probable cause? Now the court says the answer is no for two reasons. First, courts have rejected the idea that the individual who's arrested outside of his residence with drugs in his pockets would necessarily mean that more drugs would be found inside the residence. And the second reason is that drugs by their nature are usually consumed or sold promptly. Which means in the situation like we have here, the fact that the officers found drug residue only means that the marijuana has already been smoked or used or discarded. And we also don't know when exactly or for how long the trash has been sitting outside of the house next to the curb. Those are the two reasons why in this situation the residue alone would not provide probable cause. So the good news is there's only one takeaway in this case. The takeaway in this case is that marijuana residue in the trash standing alone would not provide probable cause for a warrant, which means all the evidence that was later found in the residence has to be suppressed and cannot be used in court against Mr. Abernathy. That is because the warrant was deemed invalid by the appellate court. Now, sometimes I get questions about the fact that marijuana is becoming legal in more and more states and maybe one day federally. How does that change the structure of the cases? 
Well, I would argue that any case that you read about marijuana, the legal concepts stay the same. So you can use that case in any drugs. And in fact, in this case, we can read it more broadly and say that the trash pool, regardless of the evidence, the trash pool alone cannot be used as probable cause, as evidence that more incriminating evidence would be found inside the residence, if that makes sense. Meaning that the cases that the court cited, there was always a trash pool plus other pieces of evidence. And here we have a trash pool alone. But if you want to read it more narrowly, we can talk about the fact that the drug residue alone would not be indicative that more drugs would be found inside the residence. I hope you enjoyed this video. And if you did, please give it a thumbs up. Please subscribe to my channel. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please give my podcast a five-star re-rating. And finally, if you want to support this channel, consider going to lostash.com and check out some of my merch, including the Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirts. Thanks for watching. Thank you.